Hey there, and welcome to The Short Stuff. I'm Josh, and there's Chuck, and there's Jerry. Enough talking. Let's get started. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's travel, my friend, to not only Louisiana, oh, but man. Louisiana in 1980. Can you imagine? Which I believe the drinking age back then was still probably 18. I think so, too. It wasn't... They held out the longest, didn't they? I think they did. And the feds were like, well, kiss kiss decent roads goodbye until you <laughs> bend to our will, states' rights. Oh, goodness. Who knew that was going to come up? No, uh, me. So, in, in uh, Louisiana, in Iberia Parish, around the town of New Iberia, there is a lake, Chuck, and it's still there today, which is, is not that surprising. It's a bit different Although, now, though. It will become surprising that it's still there shortly. It's called Lake Penur, P-E-I-G-N-E-U-R, Lake Penur, okay? Yes. And in November of 1980, which is where we are right now, there was uh, like some Texaco contractors who were doing some exploratory drilling in Lake Penur. And Lake Penur was really, really big. Um, How many acres was it, 1,300 acres? Uh, I mean, at least like five or six acres. <laughs> right. Yeah, 1,300 acres of land, uh, but only 11 feet deep. Yeah, that was like, I think, one of the deepest points. I think the average was just a handful of feet. So really, really wide, <clears throat> but really, really shallow. That's right. Like us. And the other, <laughs> right, <laughs> the other um, point about that is that Lake Penure sat on top of what's called a salt dome. It's an accumulation of salt that builds up underneath the ground. And there is a company called the Diamond Crystal Salt Company, mm-hmm. and they like to mine for salt around Lake Penure. And all this is going on at the same, di- the same time, on the same day in November, that the Texaco exploratory crew was drilling down through Lake Penure looking for gas deposits. That's right. And I think you see where this might be headed, but <laughs> the details of this story are so bonkers. It's so nuts. It's just crazy. So Texaco's is drilling, and they're probing the floor, and their drill all of a sudden just seizes up and stops about 1,200 or so feet below the surface. So if you remember, this lake is only 11 feet deep. Mm-hmm. So they are far, 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 far below this lake. And they said, that, that's interesting. This doesn't usually happen. <laughs> yeah, so what, what happens when your drill gets stuck in something, you try and work it loose a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which if it's shallow, it's no big deal. When it's that deep, it's a little bit different because you can't see what's going on. And all of a sudden, these workers heard, you know, pop, boing, and this big rig all of a sudden starts tilting uh, toward the water. And they're like, hmm, this is not good, guys. No, rigs are not supposed to tilt. No, no, no. And this thing, uh, it's a $5 million drill, and it starts to sink, and it starts to buck, and it starts to move, and all these dudes are like, all right, this is not good at all, so we're going to release ourselves, release these barges that are attached, we're going to get out of here, and we're going to get on shore, which they did. Right. So they, they got out of there. They made it safely. But as they're on shore, like trying to figure out what is going on, this is really weird, their leaning rig starts to kind of tip further and further into the water. And surely at some point, if it's just a few feet of water, it should stop and stay (laughs) above the water. But these guys were really surprised when they saw that the rig kept going underwater and underwater, and then it just disappeared from sight. Could you imagine? No, I can't. 
But as they're sitting there scratching their heads over this one, um, they noticed that a there was a, a whirlpool that was starting to form. Just a little bit at first, around the point where the um, oil, the, the drill rig had just disappeared. And then it started to come into view, I guess, in their mind's eye, <laughs> what had just happened. <laughs> and they realized pretty quickly that they had accidentally drilled all the way down into one of the main shafts of these salt mines 12, 1,300 feet below Lake Penure. And now there is a hole connecting the air above the lake and the hole underneath the lake with a lot of water in between just waiting to get in. Yeah, so this whirlpool is growing and growing. It eventually grows in front of their eyeballs to a quarter of a mile in diameter. That is so enormous. It's so enormous. Uh, in the meantime, down in the salt mine, uh, there's an electrician named Junius Gaddison. He heard bang, pop, boing, and he's like, that doesn't sound good. And all of a sudden, uh, muddy water starts rushing in, and it's bringing fuel drums along the mine shaft. And he was like, mm-hmm. this is not good. Right. He calls in an alarm, uh, which is three blinks of the light. He heads out. All the workers are like, all right, we know what three blinks of a light means. That means we need to drop everything and get out of here. And these 50 or so dudes uh, are 15 feet underground. I'm sorry, 1,500 feet underground. Mm-hmm. 15 feet would be no big deal. They yeah, they'd be here. like, we're fine. <laughs> and they start getting up to higher levels and higher levels where they can get to these elevators to get them out. They get to the third level, and it's blocked by these rising waters. Uh, on the surface... It's like uh, something out of bi- the Bible or an X-Files episode or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was originally a 14-inch uh, hole in the ground in this mine starts to fill up with water, and all of a sudden water hits salt, and that starts dissolving and dissolving. Right. All these columns of salt supporting these caves and tunnels start dissolving, and this whole mine starts collapsing in front of everyone's face. And Chuck, all that water that's flowing through, dissolving away the salt, that was like three and a half billion gallons of water. So it's a substantial amount of water starting to fill up that salt mine underneath. And and as the water is sinking down from the lake, it's starting to flood upward toward the bottom of the lake, which doesn't happen very often in Louisiana or anywhere else, really. All right, I think we should take a break. Mm -hmm. We'll come back and finish this amazing story right after this. This is an amazing story. I love this story. It's one of my all-time favorites. All right. So below the surface, um, there are these miners trying to get out. Uh, They finally get up to level three where they can access these elevators. Mm -hmm. But there's a ton of high water blocking their route. They're using mine carts and and vehicles powered by diesel to try and push their way through. And eventually, all those 50 miners, uh, eight dudes at a time, are able to get into these elevators that carry them to the surface. Uh, And it's not like a speedy elevator. Imagine the waiting (laughs) as this water is rising for that elevator to come back was some seriously scary stuff. Yeah. I mean, eight at a time, there's 50 of them down there, and the elevator's slow as Christmas. I can't imagine what how stressful that must have been. And, like, how did you decide who went, you know? I mean, that's yeah. scary stuff. 
So uh, as the miners are like starting to like slowly come up like eight by eight um, above ground back up on the surface of the lake, there's like this, this, this huge hole has opened up where the whirlpool was. And the suction from the whirlpool has sucked the Gulf of Mexico in now. So like there was <laughs> three and a half billion gallons of Lake Pinier to begin with. But that whirlpool that created sucked the water from Del Cambri Canal that connects the Gulf of Mexico and Lake Pinier, sucked the Gulf of Mexico into the lake, and 11 barges that happened to be in this miles-long canal um, got sucked into Lake Pinier, and not just sucked into Lake Pinier, sucked down the whirlpool into the, the uh, salt mines underground. Yeah, so uh, 11 barges gulp. Um, Jefferson Island, 70 acres big, gulp. Mm-hmm. Another drilling platform, gulp. This little tugboat's out there. God bless this little tugboat just doing everything it can to get out of there and fight that current. Full power to get basically sucked down what looks like a toilet probably. These dudes are like, I don't think we're going to make it. So they managed to get this thing over close enough to the bank to jump off and then bye-bye tugboat, gulp. Yeah, imagine that, like just seeing the tugboat. Like your a tugboat is pretty strong, man. And the idea of it not being able to fight this current, that just tells you how strong that whirlpool was. So there goes the tugboat. There goes eleven barges, oil derrick, a lot of um, Jefferson Island, and um, finally after. Oh, one, there was one other thing. So this made the whole thing even more biblical, Chuck. There was a lot of air down there in these underground mine shafts. And as the water filled up the mine shafts and displaced the air, that air came shooting, pressurized up to the surface. And so every once in a while, like a geyser would shoot off like 400 feet into the air right out of Lake Penure. All right. Is that your fact of, of the show? That's one of them. I think this whole thing is one big fact of the show. Because here's mine. Okay. So what happens when you uh, suck stuff down there and then eventually that thing's going to fill up? It's not just going to fill up the entire center of the earth with water. Mm-hmm. Eventually the salt mine's going to fill up and it's going to sort of regulate and equalize. That eventually happens. 3.5 billion gallons of water drain in three hours And then over the next couple of days, that lake level eventually reaches that original water line. And then over and over, nine of these barges come popping back up like a a cork that you've been holding underwater. Just boom, boom, boom. All these things just keep popping back up. It must have been amazing to see that. To see a barge just come popping up out of the water. No tugboat, though. No, no tugboat, and I think two of the barges are still trapped down there along with the tugboat in those the collapsed salt mines somewhere. Yeah, I guess they're just wedged in there, huh? Yep. So the um, the fact that the that Lake Penure sucked the Gulf of Mexico into the lake, um, the fact that the salt mines collapsed, um, Lake Penure was completely changed by this. Here's what, oh, here's here's the actual fact of the podcast. Not one person lost their life or was seriously injured. Yeah, that's the pretty. The fifty remarkable. miners made it out. The guys from the tugboat, from the oil um, drill rig, everybody made it out. Nobody was on Jefferson Island that got sucked into the whirlpool. Not one person died from this most colossal disaster, which is astounding. But the lake itself was changed too. It went from being a fresh freshwater lake to a saltwater lake and one that was, you know, a handful of feet deep to about 200 feet deep now. 
Yeah, it was initially like really, really deep, but that eventually spread out in uh, I guess they settled on 200 feet as a good mm-hmm. new depth. <laughs> right. Um, they had to pay out, Texaco, of course, had to pay out, you know, many millions of dollars to the uh, salt mine company and other various companies that were around there that got destroyed. Uh, all these houses, of course, you know, the lake really, really grew, um, not only in depth, but in size. Right. So today it's, you know, basically sort of like a brackish saline lake. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see, like, closer to the shoreline, like, chimneys of houses that still pop above the surface. That's crazy. Yeah, it's really an amazing story. And all of this happened because the Texaco engineer mistook uh, one kind of map coordinates for another and miscalculated where the salt mine was when they were drilling. I'm surprised to hear that an oil company was responsible for an ecological disaster. <laughs> right. Nice one, Chuck. Uh, well, that's the short stuff. Hat tip to our pals uh, Alan Bellows at Damn Interesting and our friend Ken Jennings for uh, doing writing some good articles on this stuff. Uh, and uh, I guess that's it. So short stuff away. Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.